Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, here we are every week. I mean, it, it should just be like a standard meeting every week, every Friday. Come and see us inside EMS. I'm Chris. That's Kelly. Look at them. If you're watching us on YouTube at inside EMS slash YouTube, you can see what we look like. And we do have a voice that is made for radio. Everybody tells me, Chris, you have a great radio voice, but, uh, you know, you're a little bit, uh, well, I don't want to say it because Kelly's the one who's saying it, but Kelly, how the heck are yeah. you doing? I'm I'm good, man. You got a voice made for radio. I got a voice made for shadow puppets. So, uh, <laughs> or a face made for shadow puppets. So, uh, uh, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm still drinking from the fire hose, uh, trying to, uh, put together this curriculum and schedule up here in upstate New York and learning the players in the game and it's getting a little better. Well, what's the big challenge, though, of putting a, putting a syllabus together? May I put a syllabus together in, in four minutes? Come on, what the heck? You do it If you're going to do a, a brand-new co-amps accredited paramedic program that graduates its first cohort in nine months uh, from start to finish, there's some work to be done. Thankfully, so, we had a good good consultant, but um, uh, I'm, I'm taking what he gave me and running with it and kind of making it my own stuff. So. What is it that, uh, so what's the challenge with it though? I mean, kind of all joking aside though, when you think uh, about this well, from the standpoint of developing a curriculum, yeah. isn't it kind of laid out in the co-amps, whatever that says this, yes, is, what it is. this is what it needs but to it, look like? But uh, anyone who's read the the co-amps program manuals, uh, it's, it's not always easy or clear. Uh, it may lay it out, but it's in Sanskrit. <laughs> and it's hard to decipher sometimes. And basically uh, if I'm drinking from the fire hose trying to put this together and get it prepped and and, and packaged and ready to rock on the first day of class, uh, the students are really going to be drinking from the fire hose because this is, there is no wasted minute, not even, not a wasted day, not a wasted hour. There is not a wasted minute. And uh, we're going to be doing a whole lot of work, flipped classroom. So not a whole lot of lectures, a whole bunch of learning exercises and, and, and they're going to be reading multiple chapters uh, a, uh, a night. I mean, how effective you know? is that going to be, though, Kelly? I mean, how effective is that going to be? Uh, our consultant uh, that did this has done it at the University of Iowa uh, for several years and graduated uh, students in nine months with a very high in the 90 percent in the well, the 90s on the National Registry Psychomotor and Cognitive uh, exams. So what do you he's think had keeps success with it? So. What's going to, and, and the reason that we talked about this, actually, I think we brought this up last week was the reason that you have to do nine months is because of the dire need of medics up in that region that you're working. It in. is, it is bad. I thought, I thought I had bad where I was. Uh, it's bad up here and then yeah. great people, uh, the folks of St. Lawrence and Franklin and Jefferson counties are, are wonderful folks, but they just, you know, they're having to wait an hour for an ambulance for a critical emergency and that's tons of volunteers and right there we've got too, a few right? big we've got a few uh oh yeah we got a lot of uh, i think there are 20 something ems entities in st lawrence county alone uh and a great many of them are volunteers but they can't they can't keep butts in the seats and that's a you know that's a plan we're addressing that's a that's an inequity and a problem we're going to try to address outside of the classroom but but we're our job at, at clarkson is to is to put butts in the seats. So we're marshalling all the players in the game and, and getting them on the same page and, and trying to convince them to, to give up old, uh, 
old grudges and whatnot uh that are yeah, good luck with, plus good luck with that one man you have to sacrifice, a lamb, sacrifice a lamb or something at easter we're, hey um we're going to to play on on the the reason every single one of them got into ems in the first place and that's to help people and wasn't that before ego wasn't that before ego help people yeah, yeah it's before ego right so, before ego when is this thing kicking off next week no, no, I've got I've got some time. It kicks off uh, the November the, uh, Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay. So, and um, uh, have you gotten students yet? We're getting some. We're getting some enrollments. We're uh, uh, we're we got oodles of interest. Our open house had forty something, almost fifty people uh, when we had our open house and introduced the program. Um, but uh, the the actual paper. Got a check in hand. Here's my registration form. I want you to consider. Here's my essay, and and I want to I want to interview for this class. Those are those are trickling in. They should step up here in the next month. So, all right, man. Well, I'm happy to come up there on my dime, your inaugural class, and give the commencement address. You the man. You the man. And you can sleep at my house. Uh, yeah. Me air mattress. As soon air mattress. <laughs> I just want to stay away from the beanbag. All right. So, all right, well, let's transition. Good. I mean, so I think that this is one of the things that's really going to be interesting for the show, though. We, we You and I have talked about this. Mm -hmm. As you're developing this, what's the hurdles that we can talk about yeah. for everybody that's out there that's going to be going through this? But then number two, as you're teaching, what's the subject of the day? You know, what, what are we going to? And I think we want to come up with maybe some tidbits, you know, when it comes to time talking yeah. about, you know, the anatomy of the heart or whatever it is. We don't do a lot of that clinical stuff here, but I think... Yeah. One of the things that it will allow us to do is you're preparing for, we'll just take that preparation and we'll move that into show. And Give our uh, listeners a, uh, a a taste of uh, of what's happening in paramedic class each week. Yeah, I think that's cool, man. And you know, I don't know yeah. each week, maybe we do a, we do a show a month or something. But yeah, let's talk about we got it. something we'll good. go into pre-production with the team and we'll talk all about it. <laughs> of course, the team is me and Kelly and uh, Shine and uh, Kelly's dog. And how is he digging upstate New York? Oh, Shine is, is loving it. He's, he is perkier. He's not coughing as much as he was. He was, the heat stop was smoking. Was though. Getting... That dog's got to stop yeah, smoking. Yeah, well, you know, it's a habit and we, we're trying him on Nicorette and, yeah, and uh, patches. Yeah. putting the Nicorette in his, in his pill pockets. And, I do want to share stuff. something. We don't usually do too many personal things here, but I'm going to give you a personal thing. Every okay. so often I find myself utilizing uh tobacco uh smokeless tobacco chew, mm -hmm. chewing tobacco whatever it is copenhagen and yeah. um i found this place called black buffalo and black is buffalo it a store or, uh, or it's online well it's online i think they have stores okay but people have heard of it i just heard of it and it is not tobacco it's actually green plant that's dried they still hmm. use nicotine but it's not the tobacco and it, you know, it's something that when we talk about this from a half, I know I got into this because of being an EMS, right. Yeah. And EMS got me into dipping, uh, you know, Copenhagen. And I've been trying to wean myself off of it for years and years. But if you're happy, you know, if you are using it, I know, you know, we're not here to plug things, but from a health standpoint, you know, if we're trying to break the habit. Um, I just want to be able to give that out to everybody. Black Buffalo, yeah. check it out. Yeah, I I used to dip back in the day, yeah. uh, every day, and and I quit uh, because I I liked 
female companionship and no one wants to kiss you when you've got skull and or well you know you got to brush your teeth, teeth. you got to brush yes, your that teeth. too yeah. but but uh you're eventually you lose your taste and you, you can't really you don't realize it's still it still tastes like copenhagen uh, i do want to so, tell a quick story though so i'm from new york city right. we, didn't, we didn't do those things right so i'm hanging out <laughs> and uh i'm going through my uh training and everybody's dipping this stuff in texas um and then um, I said, give me some of that. Let me try this stuff, right? So I'm doing it. And of course, the first time I do it, I think I'm going to fall down and hit my face because I'm all swaying. But this was my first experience. So I'm driving home and I am I got a dip in my mouth. And this is even before I started to play with different things. It was just a regular Copenhagen. And I'm driving home and I have to sneeze. Well, I sneeze, <laughs> but I don't know that I have to cover my mouth. And my whole windshield <laughs> is just covered with everything that was in my mouth man and uh it was a mistake so i had yeah, to pull out I, I started with the starter dip and built my way up to copenhagen and and then different different versions of that and then quit for about three years and and uh, i was duck hunting with some friends one morning and they were dipping and i said you know what G give me some and oh my god lost my tolerance that was the drunkest and sickest i have been in yeah. any memory uh you know like lying on the floor and, and holding onto the walls screaming don't let me fall drunk well, i don't know bad. that we've, we've done anything productive on this show yet we do have things not yet caught up yeah we, but told, I think we so. told gripping yeah. dipping stories gripping dipping right so we do want to talk about you know you and i we spend a lot of time we go through the uh you know, the, the articles and the stories that are yeah. on EMS one. And this one really kind of grabbed your eye, especially I think as you're now starting to develop new programs, the Idaho, Idaho task force focuses on sustainability and rural EMS proposed yeah. legislation and discussions take on funding recruitment and making EMS an essential service, which I think it should be in every area. And this comes out of the Lewiston tribune written by Kathy Hedberg, and it's on EMS one actually came out on uh, Wednesday at uh, 6 18 AM. But Kelly, why don't you go ahead and set this up for the listeners? Well, yeah, the uh, EMS in Idaho is in the same dire straits as EMS anywhere else. They, they can't put butts in the seats. Um, and anywhere you work in a, a predominantly rural and frontier area, as much of Idaho is, as much of upstate New York is, uh, it's heavily reliant on volunteers. And I'm not going to get into volunteer bashing here because they're, quite frankly, regardless of what we, we may wish, uh, volunteerism in EMS is not going away. There are some, there are great swaths of this country that will not have EMS, period, if they didn't have volunteers. The question is, how can they do it better and more efficiently? And can how can we, we solve this staffing crisis? Uh, they're not volunteer EMS is not immune. In fact, they were the canaries in the coal mine. They they suffered this and began to suffer uh, personnel manpower issues long before paid EMS, but now it's a problem that's pervasive. And the the task force there is, is working on incentives on how to attract uh, new people into EMS and, and get them employed at these various uh, EMS agencies and rescue squads, uh, trying to think of innovative solutions. And without you know getting into great detail about what they're doing in Idaho, uh, it's it's a at least they're addressing it. 
at least they're cognizant of the problem and they're trying to do something about it, be it uh, home buying assistance, tax breaks. Uh, uh, there are some some places and some states that have advocated uh, free college tuition, that sort of thing. Uh, there are a great many incentives we can do, but what we got to do is, is get people in uh, in the seats of the ambulance. And I don't think it's a generational thing. Uh, I don't think that uh, I'm not one of those people. I used to be one of those people that said, I, you kids these days. And, and I've got a, a very perceptive uh, girlfriend and partner who, who opened my eyes to that. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's not the kids that are, are bad. It's, uh, it's EMS has failed to adapt to the current, the current times. And, and they have failed to connect with the, the generation that will make up their workforce. Right. How do we do that? You know, um, what we're doing in St. Lawrence County is we're trying to get the big players to, to uh, step up to the plate and, and help sponsor some people. Uh, we're offering scholarships as well, but we're to take our program. It's going to be your full-time job for nine months. And how many EMTs, you know, can stand working, uh, 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 not getting a paycheck for nine months where well, they're going to work at uh, night though. That's what they all do. Right. That's what we they, all do. They might when well, we have told, and, and, uh, with the volume of stuff we're, we're putting out there, uh, the, the EMTs that are trying, still going to try to finagle three jobs plus paramedic school are not going to make it. It's just not, a, they don't have the time. But it'll be interesting um, to see how that plays out, but I, I want to try, I want to touch on this though. I mean, so, as you talk about this and, and as we applaud, uh, you know, the folks that are up there mm -hmm. in Boise, Idaho, who are really trying to lead this effort. I think one of the things that I don't want to gloss over here that's really important is that there's draft legislation that aims to recognize EMS units as a central essential, essential service. service. And that's going to be similar to that of our police and fire brethren, which I think eventually does that move into tax base for EMS as well? I would think that it has to. And but I think that that's one of the big challenges now of why legislation is not happening and why EMS is not recognized as essential service. And every single day we read of a new EMS agency that closes or a new EMS agency that doesn't have the money to sustain and they're going to close if they don't blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. And you know, I think that this is where this challenge lies. And, yeah. you know, Idaho now is taking the lead and really trying to do something different. As you said, uh, you know, they need to figure out a way to bring the um, the volunteers in. I mean, you're talking about some of these volunteers and it says it in the article, Kelly, they're 60s, they're in their 60s and 70s now. They've been kind of doing mm -hmm. this since the, you know, since the gold age of EMS. And yeah. now who's coming behind them? And now when we think about the volunteer agencies having to close or do fish fries to fill up their ambulances every Friday, um, we may not have any volunteers left to run these agencies. Uh, you know, it's it's a problem. I don't think that that trying to go to schools and recruit young adults who need a paycheck more than anything else in the world is going to be is going to work uh, and i'm stealing nancy's thunder by by espousing these things but she's she's very convincing and she has data to prove it but you, you talk about making ems an essential service and that was you know chris you know as well as i do that was the panacea for so long if we were just an essential service 
people would love us and they would treat us like cops and firefighters and we wouldn't be the forgotten children at the little kids table anymore and that's bs um even if you're marked as an essential service and and how's funding going to magically appear you talk about tax uh tax funded that would be great but if you're in a rural super rural or or frontier uh service you don't have the tax base how they run the cops the how they run the system. cops then i mean they got to be don't. Tax. they don't they have they have one or county, two deputies county to cover counter you know one or two deputies to cover a thousand square miles and you wait for a cop while the burglar's kicking your door in uh for an hour or you learn to shoot the burglar yourself which that's that's kind of the, <laughs> the rural way try to be self-sufficient because they know help ain't coming and the same the same holds true for EMS. Just because we have suddenly been declared a, a, an essential service doesn't mean that funding is going to magically appear. Uh, the, you have to figure out a way to pay for it. Now, the question is, is, is the, the people that not just the consumers, the end consumers of, of EMS, the citizenry, but what about the, the bigger players that have deeper pockets that could potentially help alleviate this problem? We were talking to uh, one of the uh, administrators of, of one of the local hospital systems. There's a large uh, hospital network up here. He was talking about we don't have enough people to transfer. You know, their hospitals are 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 you know consolidating and shrinking, and and many hospitals are shutting down, and they're trying to to stem the tide of uh, of hospital closings, mm -hmm. but they have less capability therefore they have to transfer their patients out there's no way to transfer them mm. you know so so you've got two hours one way two hours the other way either way you go there is a a uh, uh the only level one trauma center is, is two hours away no matter which way you go and how are you going to get them there you know, is the hospital willing to country, uh, invest in some uh, paramedic education that they're they have expressed an interest and they are uh, members of the hospital board and their their EMS liaison sit on our on our advisory committee and they're they're putting out good input and they are anxious for for some people in these in these seats not only just paramedics but uh, critical care paramedics uh, cool. that's what we need we don't even have that uh, New York has critical care advanced EMTs, which is like uh, paramedic light in the same way that that Western Sizzling serves a good steak. <laughs> you know, it, it, it looks the same. It's made out of meat, but it's not even close to being a real steak. That's right. It's the impossible uh, medic. But um, That's right. so are you picking up any New Yorkisms? I mean, Kelly Grayson has always been known for you know, these colloquialisms that come out of uh, Louisiana, anything from New York yet? No, no, not yet. I'm trying to, I'm trying to teach them Kellyisms and, and they're that. getting there, man. This is, this is, this is, how far uh, are you away from Canada? People, I, if I get in my car right now, I can be in Canada in about 15 minutes. Oh, All right. Um, so yeah, just, just North of us is the Akwesani, uh reservation. And uh, it borders or straddles the St. Lawrence River. So St. Lawrence River is the border. Uh, lots and lots of Amish people in my area. So that's something I'm going to have to become better versed in and, and uh, caring for the Amish community. But otherwise, I got to tell you, the food is amazing as I am. 
yeah. the Am- Amish people. Oh, yeah. I mean, they 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 like to cook. They usually have uh, restaurants or eating establishments that you, usually it's family style. Yeah. I got to tell you, some of the best meals I had was in Pennsylvania in the Amish communities. And, uh, you know, it's like any other culture, man. You know, you're dealing with people yeah. who are uh, from Muslim nations and, you mm-hmm. know, the people here are Bosnian in, in the St. Louis area. We have to get used to it. It's, it's the same yeah. culture. And uh, a lot of times they're not going to call when they're in need. And uh, no. a lot of times they don't have a way to call you when they're in need. <laughs> but uh, this is true. it's going to be like any this other culture, true. Kelly. We're this all related. True. We all come from the same that's that's true uh i think in in the humanity in, in the last 20 years we tend to have forgotten that but uh, no i think you're right i mean i think that and i said to somebody the other day um i was just i was just being nice to somebody how's your day blah 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 and the person that was with me said man i just can't stand them how can you be nice to them i said man because the guy's got a heart you know and he deserves yeah. to be treated with respect you know i mean yeah. just because people may be different than you or say things that you don't believe in doesn't make them less of a human and yeah. uh i gotta tell you man i don't know that i always believed that either i mean i was a egotistical uh out of word and um i had to learn i've softened to... in my old age too yeah i mean and i think that's but what it... that's what wisdom is isn't it yes, that's what yes. finally what wisdom is when you finally say you know what I've been judging people and, you know, EMS and ER. I, I got a friend who was an old, who's an ER nurse and she goes, Oh my God, was I judgmental? You know, uh, someone yeah. got beat up and they came into the ER at three in the morning. I said, well, if you weren't out at three in the morning, you wouldn't have gotten beaten up. Well, who the heck were my, <laughs> who the heck were my to pass that judgment on him? She would say, you know, and I think that that's a great, anyway, we're battling yeah. now. Let's go ahead and but, get, get the heck on. You know, let me, let me ask you, let me ask you taking it on another tack. What do you think about what's your opinion on merger and consolidation uh, to address some of the manpower needs and the funding and everything? It seems like to me where there is uh, the old saying is there's strength in numbers. There's better buying power in numbers. Yet um, EMS squads tend to squabble and hate each other's guts and carry old grudges from a, a loss at a water polo match 50 years ago. That was a direct quote, by the way. Let's let's stop <laughs> right there. Meeting. Let's stop right there. That yeah. is the challenge. The challenge is getting yes. past the ego. Who's going to be in charge? Somebody has yeah. to lose their job. You know, there aren't two chiefs. There aren't two training officers. There aren't two. And that's where the problem. Do I believe in consolidation? Do I believe in merger? Yeah. I do. I think we should have county EMS. I think we should have, mm-hmm. you know, but who's going to be the first to say, I'm going to close my doors and I'm going to retire uh, and I'm not going to be the chief of this department. Yeah. And I think that that's the hurdles that you have to be able to, it's, it's not what's best for the community. Sometimes yeah. it's what's best for the person who's running the systems. And we have to be able to get past that. So I'm all in favor of merger. Yeah. I'm all in favor Me of consolidation, too. but it has to be, um, I'm not the one who's running those systems. Yeah. I think it can be done. I, I think you, you, you can, I think inherently people are good and you can convince them to listen to the better angels of their nature and, and cooperate for, for well, the, you, the same you need a hug. You're going to need a hug and a beer once that falls. No, I think so. You, you know, I'm telling you, you're going to need a hug and a beer because it's just not going to happen. I need a beer. I need a beer. There's no Shinerbach in upstate New York. Please send aid. They have, they have some good craft beer up there. So get to those, some of them yes, breweries there. But it ain't Shinerbach. But, yeah, whatever, uh, man. But hey, 
Um, you guys have heard what we think. We've babbled, uh, but we've talked about the problem. We cover well. anything today? Did we cover anything? We we covered we covered we covered Funny. some some right. serious stuff, man. We uh, we we caught up. We bonded. Um, we commiserated. That's what we're supposed to do. Two guys, right. two buddies sitting, sitting in the, in the ambulance. The ambulance right? That's right. That's right. So you've heard what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. You work in a rural EMS system. If you could snap your fingers and change it, what would you do differently? What's going to save rural EMS, not just volunteer EMS, but but paid EMS in rural settings where funds and, and staffing and resources are few and far between? If you've got innovative solutions and answers or questions we haven't answered, give them to us at the show at EMS1.com. And for myself and city boy Chris Sevalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. Rate us on iTunes, and we'll catch you next week.